welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us bad. My name is Bill, this is episode 326. Thanks for listening. Welcome back everybody. I am recording this pre-Super Bowl, so congratulations to whoever won the big game. Go insert team name here. If you care at all about the big game, I hope that your team won. If your team didn't win, you know what? It's a football game. Don't worry about it. And I hope that uh, otherwise, things in your life are going well. Uh, my big Super Bowl tradition, to the extent that I have one, uh, I, I am not a football guy. I don't really care. You could put any te- any two teams in there, and I would be fine. Whatever. But it is an event, and it's an excuse to eat bad food. So we, as a family, we always watch the game. It used to be an event, even if you didn't care about the game itself. Uh, I mean, there's the halftime show, of course, whatever. Um, But it was the commercials, right? But as the years have gone by, they've started previewing the commercials. So you see all the good ones before the game. So there's really no point in, you know, clinging, you know, foregoing your bathroom break when uh, they call a timeout and go to commercial because you've already seen the good commercials. So I'm not really even that excited about that. You know, we'll probably have some, you know, really unhealthy cheese and chips and, I don't know, those little hot dogs maybe. We talked about doing fondue this year. I don't know, like I said, this is happening before the game, so I don't know if we committed to that or not. Maybe I'll tell you on the next episode, to the extent that you care about that. But, you know, whatever. I hope that you guys, even if you don't care about football, at least had a nice Sunday. Uh, Last Sunday. And this Sunday, for that matter. And that life is good. Speaking of life being good, here's how you can make life a little better. Which of you listening are among the hundred people pre-ordering the new Atari 50th anniversary set? Come on, I know there's some of you out there. uh, All the money bags in my audience. You guys have probably heard this already. But you can own, if you're one of a hundred people, a 50th anniversary box set featuring 10 Atari 2600 cartridges with reimagined artwork, acrylic toppers that light up when inserted into the console, and those cartridges have the games Adventure, Missile Command, Warlord, Super Breakout, Crystal Castles, Haunted House, Yars Revenge, Centipede, Asteroids, and Gravatar, along with remastered, uh, a remastered version of the original key art. You, can, you get cardstock posters, instructional manuals with bonus material, hard enamel pins, patches, certificates, of authenticity, and a digital copy of each game that can be played, hmm, imagine this, on the Atari VCS. When you put all 10 cartridges together, they display the Atari 50th anniversary logo. I kind of feel like that should have been uh, sort of a secret, like an Easter egg thing, that some collector would stumble across and then put it on the internet forums and uh, reveal. And you can have all of that for $999.99 plus tax. Once again, Atari is correctly assessing that fans of Atari really love Atari, but totally failing to to assess where the limits of that fandom are, right? With the VCS, the limits were, we're not going to wait forever for this thing. It's way overpriced. For this set, uh, you apparently don't have to wait forever, but it is hugely overpriced. The description that I just read to you um, sounds like maybe $100 worth of stuff. Okay, I'll say $150. It is definitely not worth $1,000. They quote somebody 
this IGN article that I'm looking at quotes somebody from Atari who says, quote, who says that the set, quote, offers a completely new, very fun way to explore several decades of Atari arcade machines, consoles, handhelds, and PCs. Completely new? I mean, the games are still the same games, great as they are. The cartridges light up. I guess that's completely new, but I'm not four. I'm not hypnotized by flashing lights. At least I don't think so. If I start, you know, bending over, swatting my ass, clucking like a chicken because of the post-hypnotic suggestion that was implanted as I walked by uh, a stoplight last night, uh, you know, maybe that would suggest I am hypnotized by flashing lights, but I don't think I am. So the flashing lights on the cartridge is fine. I guess I can have an enamel pin that I would throw into a drawer somewhere. The artwork maybe is nice. I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I'm not that excited about this thing, especially not for the price tag. But I mean, I'm the guy who held out for a long time before buying the uh, the uh, Atari 50th games set for the uh, for my Switch, my kid's Switch actually, um, because I thought it was overpriced. And I only bought it because I got it on sale. So I, I don't know. I'm not the guy for this set. If any of you is shelling out the money, you know, forget what I just said. Good for you. I might suggest you could have done other things with that money, but you know what? You're a huge Atari fan, and if you have the funds, sure, go for it. And of course, let us know what you thought of the of the set. If anyone, by chance, and none of you will, but if you want to send me a set, uh, I'm not going to say no, but I sure as hell really don't think any of you is going to do that. But, you know, never say never. Speaking of never saying never... This doesn't make any sense. Let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Dark Chambers from Sculptured Software, 1988. Wow, we are really late in the life of Atari. And this is a game for the 2600. Uh, By 88, of course, we had 5200, 7800. Nintendo was, you know, the rise of Nintendo. I certainly had a Nintendo, an NES by this point. And sorry, folks. I was mostly playing the NES. I was, like everybody else, enthralled with Mario. But, you know, Atari wasn't done yet. They were still gasping and stumbling through software development, but they were still putting them out. And this is one of them, Dark Chambers. There's, of course, a, a 7800 version as well, but I have not played that one, so I can't really compare it. The manual tells us, The darkness is upon you. You are on a dangerous search deep underground. Wraiths, wizards, and moldering skeletons surround you. Pause. Time out for knowledge. I really need a sting of some sort for that. A wraith is a ghost or ghost-like image of someone, especially one seen shortly before or after their death. The term originated, apparently, in the 1510s uh, as a ghost. It was a Scottish term of uncertain origin. Something called the Weekly and Century Dictionary suggests Old Norse uh, that it, it came from the Old Norse for guardian, in the sense of guardian angel, um, maybe Gaelic and Irish uh, origins as well, and they are apparently hanging out in this dungeon that you're in. I guess it doesn't say you're necessarily in a dungeon, but you're deep underground. Kind of looks like a dungeon to me. Even now, a grim reaper stalks you. A grim reaper is usually depicted as a berobed skeleton wielding a scythe, causing the victim's death by coming to collect that person's soul. Other beliefs hold that the specter of death is only a psychopomp, a benevolent, this is a term I'd never heard, a benevolent figure who serves to gently sever the
the last ties between the soul and the body, and to guide the deceased to the afterlife without having any, any control over whether or how the victim dies. For what it's worth, that's how I've always understood the Grim Reaper. They aren't actually there to kill you. You are about to buy it, and they are going to lead you on to the whatever's next. Most often personified in male form, although in certain cultures, death is perceived as female. Oh yeah, women are out to kill you, am I right? Moving on. The manual tells us that the exits in this underground whatever take you where? Only deeper into the maze. Find weapons in the darkness and fend off your elusive enemies. Claim the treasure and fight your way even deeper into the caverns. Your strength will outlast the weaker ghouls, but are you a match for the strongest? A ghoul, you're just learning all sorts of crap today, aren't you? Is a demon-like being or monstrous humanoid. The term originated in pre-Islamic Arabian religion, associated with graveyards and the consumption of human flesh. Modern fiction often uses the term to label a certain kind of monster. Ghouls can drink blood, eat the dead, prey on young children, and seduce humans. They're probably fun at a party. A ghoul is said to be created on the death of a man or woman who savored the taste of flesh. They not only eat the dead, but also prey on the unwary living. They can paralyze the victims, their victims with a touch, though elves are immune. It is neither vampire nor zombie, but a creature somewhere in between. Alright, so to play the game, you're using the joystick. Uh, you can play two players. When you plug in the cartridge, you can select a skill level. And here's where it gets weird. If you're playing, you know, one or two player, you know, you move the joystick up and down to, uh, you know, pick the number of players. A hero for each player appears at the bottom right. And then a bear's face appears at the bottom left. And this is what shows your skill level. Low skill is represented by the image of a smiling bear with small eyes. Medium is a straight-faced bear with two big eyes. And high level is an image of a straight-faced bear with a big left eye and a small right eye. That description... Look, I'm recording this, honestly, about a week after I played the game. And I would swear the higher-level, skill-level bear had an eye patch. I could be totally wrong about that. If I think of it, I will go back and look. It might just have been the smiley bear and the grumpy-faced bear. I'm not positive. So, the game premise is that you're lost in these dark chambers. Enemies, treasures, and curses are scattered throughout all 26 levels, conveniently labeled A to Z. They're not literally labeled on screen, except in between. You finish one level, and then you see the letter for the next level. Why it's A to Z and not 1 to 26, I don't know. Why there's 26, I don't know that either. Your goal is to survive all levels, duh, and take the greatest amount of treasure. Only by finding the hidden gates can you descend from one level to the next. Your enemies are everywhere. At times, they'll chase you. Other times, they'll chase you. Other times, they'll back off, but it's a ploy. They're trying to lead you further from the exits. I really hope that wasn't a typo, and they did that on purpose. That bit about, at times, they'll chase you. Other times, they'll chase you. To really sell the joke, what they should have done then is, on the third one, they're like, oh, and by the way, they're also going to chase you, or something like that. Move your joystick handle to move through the chambers. Duh. In the early levels of play, beware of false doors that won't open. Search each chamber for treasures and weapons. Pick them up by walking over them. The treasures and weapons you pick up appear at the bottom of the screen. Stay away from the curses, which are traps and poison. If you touch them, they'll take away your strength. Go through the exits to move on. In a two-player game, you won't be able to walk any farther uh, than you can see unless your partner goes with you. I did not try the two-player level. Uh, I'm a podcaster and I have no friends. 
Ghouls drain your strength by touching you. Shoot them by moving your joystick handle in their direction and pressing the fire button. Be watchful, though, because you can't walk while you're shooting. Can't chew gum and walk at the same time, either. Ghouls will use that time to move in and touch you. Potions are also hidden in the chambers. When you find one, pick it up to renew your strength. A bar at the bottom of the screen shows how much strength you have left. Up to 31 units. Find the hidden gates to escape from a level and descend to the next. As long as you have strength left, you can go through all 26 levels. If you lose your strength, you collapse and the game is over. In a two-player game, if one hero collapses, the keys are given to the other hero. If their surviving hero makes it to the next level, the other hero revives on that level. When a game is over, press the fire button, or reset, to start a new game at the last level played. Press select at any time to start a new game from the title screen. Hero 1, the description in this manual, when I first saw it, I was looking at a version of the manual didn't have any, that didn't have any pictures. So I read this and I thought, this is stupid, because the way they describe it is that Hero 1 looks like a candle with feet on both sides. The head slopes from left to right, there's a diagonal white slash that goes from the upper left side of the body to the center of the body, and Hero 2 looks like a candle with feet only on the right side. The head slopes up a little from the left to the middle of the body, then it slopes back down to the right, there's a slash that goes from the upper middle of the body to the bottom right side of the hero's waist. I read that and I thought, a candle, really? And then I played the game, and sure enough, dude looks like a candle. Even, you know, the red and orange, his hairdo is like red and orange and kind of wavy. He's either Conan O'Brien, or he's that candle from Disney's Beauty and the Beast. I kept waiting for them to start saying, be our guest. So, I already mentioned you can pick up potions to increase your strength till it's full, then you don't need the potion, potions, of course. The more, more keys you pick up, the more doors you can unlock to enter secret rooms. Each key unlocks one door. You can carry up to 15 keys. Guns fight, let you fire faster. Daggers make your shots more, more powerful. Shields minimize the amount of strength you lose when an enemy touches you. When you're carrying a weapon, a box appears next to your strength bar, which is odd because the people look really... I was going to say realistic. That's not the right word. They look really good. The sprites for the people look really good. But the weapons just kind of look like a box on the screen. That's kind of weird. The gates lead to the next level. Grab the strong boxes, jewels and silver, and gold chalices to earn points. There are strong boxes, there are jewels, chalices, pictures of all those things in the manual. The inhabitants of dark chambers drain your strength by touching you. When shot, they mutate to the next weaker form. This is my favorite thing about this game, because it's so creepy. You shoot a uh, wizard, or a zombie, or whatever, and it turns into a skeleton. And then you shoot it again, and it turns into a, a ghost. And it's just really creepy. Zombies are the weakest uh, form. They explode when you slay them. Wraiths want to scare you crazy. Skeleton skeletons shake their bones, co uh, coveting your skin. Wizards hate live heroes. They attack without mercy. And the wizard just looks like what you would expect a wizard to look like, right? He's got the robe and the pointy hat. Grim Reapers have the robe and an inverted U on his head. That's how the manual describes it when there's no picture. Spawners hatch new ghouls. They also hide treasures, weapons, curses, and gates. Shoot them to discover what they're guarding. Traps and poisons drain your strength. Slay the ghouls and pick up treasures and potions to score points. Scores appear at the bottom of the screen next to your strength bar. Point values are all over the place. Right? 100 points for this or that. Energy units for other things. Maximum point value looks like just 3,000 points for getting a gold chalice. 1,000 points for an amulet. Um, stuff like that. And that's it. That is how you play Dark Chambers for the Atari 2600.
I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. So Dark Chambers was brought to us by Adam Clayton and Sculptured Software in 1988. It was originally supposed to be called Dungeon, apparently. I think Dark Chambers is a cooler title. Atari Protos observes that uh, on first glance, it's easy to pass Dark Chambers off as a mere gauntlet clone. But Dark Chambers is based off an, a 1983 APX game by John Pavlich, Pavlovich called Dandy. Two years later, Ed Log created Gauntlet, which was fired by Dandy. John Pavlovich was not happy and threatened to sue, but then they settled out of court. And then in 1988, Atari republished Dandy for the 2600, 7800, and XE under the name Dark Chambers, giving John Palovich proper credit this time. Protoss says that Dark Chambers is similar to Gauntlet, but actually a little less complex. For one, it only supports two players instead of four. There are no special job classes for the various characters in Dark Chambers. There are no special power-ups and theme levels that make Gauntlet so interesting. There are no rebounding shot shot amulets, no don't-touch-any-food levels, and no fire-breathing dragons. Otherwise, it has pretty much everything Gauntlet does, with one new twist being in the traps. Traps look like squares with X's through them, and will damage your player if you walk through them. Unfortunately, most of the time, they just happen to be right in the way of the good treasure. The game is an amazing feat of programming for the 2600, but the graphics are somewhat lacking. Enemies look a bit blocky, there seems to be a distinct lack of variety, but Dark Chambers did its best to try and bring the 2600 into the modern age with level intermission titles, simultaneous two-player action, a snazzy title screen, large open levels, and other features not often seen in 2600 games. It never quite achieved the same fame as its predecessor, but Dark Chambers is a fun cooperative maze crawl on a system that was far too lacking in adventure games. I was curious, so I looked up Dandy as well, later called Dandy Dungeon, a dungeon crawl maze game for the Atari 8-bit family from A1983, one of the first video games with four-player simultaneous cooperative play. Players equipped with bows and unlimited arrows fight through a maze containing monsters, monster spawners, keys, locked doors, food, and bombs in search of the exit leading to the next level. If a player dies, they can be revived by finding and shooting a heart. The game includes an editor for making new dungeons. John Palovich wrote the game for his undergraduate thesis at MIT, inspired by Dungeons & Dragons, Defender, and Arcade Maze games. The 1985 Atari Games arcade video game Gauntlet built upon the core design of Dandy. The aforementioned lawsuit happened. Then later, Gauntlet designer Ed Logg created uh, called Dandy a direct influence. Electro Dream Software published versions of Dandy for the uh, ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, and Amstrad CPC in 86. Dandy was reworked into Dark Chambers without Palovich's direct involvement and published by Atari Corp. for the 2600, 7800, and Atari 8-bit family. 
The name Dandy is a play on D&D, the common abbreviation for Dungeons & Dragons. When this was still part of Mal Palovich's MIT bachelor's thesis, the game was called Thesis of Terror. Wow. I said earlier that I like Dark Chambers better than Dungeon. Uh, I also like Thesis of Terror better than Dandy. Dandy, uh, I get that it's a play on D&D, but it kind of kind of suggests a much lighter, goofy game than what this actually is. Where you gonna go now? Who you gonna run to? All your little life, you're chasing all the girls. They can't resist your smile. Uh oh, they long for so there you go. All right. Well, after the break, no need to emerge from your dark chamber and wander among actual humans. There's plenty more show to listen to instead. The game is Dark Chambers. It's kind of like... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons campaign on screen by people who don't really know how to make a Dungeons and Dragons campaign interesting. So, this would be fun. Why it's starting me on level H, I don't know. There are 26 levels, A through Z. Um, I have my guys on screen now. I, oh, by the way, I think this is uh, difficulty level. Bear with eye patch and frowny face. Yeah. So, my guy's on screen. He does, in fact, look like a candle with feet, as the instruction manual told us. Basically, you walk around, you shoot things that really aren't all that threatening. The most interesting thing to me, the most fun thing anyway, is when you shoot one of the little ghouls, he turns into a skeleton. If you shoot him again, he turns into a person. It's like reverse decay or something. I don't know. It amused me. Walking, 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 which is mostly what you do in this game. Let's go through that doorway. Alright. And to be fair, it looks good. Everything looks kind of cool. Except for weird. I just walked into a wizard. The other nice thing... The other fun thing is how the wizards just kind of appear out of nowhere. That is kind of nice. It doesn't amount to a whole lot as far as a challenge in the game, basically, but it's kind of interesting. I'm going to pick up that Y. Looks like a Y. I don't remember what it actually is in the game. Listen to the rest of the episode. I've told you what it is. I just don't remember at the moment. There's a key. It did it again, and the game is over. I would show you more, but it really doesn't get more exciting. So I will save the rest of that for the episode. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. 
You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. person I once knew, while complaining about someone she was arguing with, threw up her hands and said, he must think I live in a carnival-like atmosphere of glee. Upset as this person was, though, I always thought this sounded like kind of a cool state to live in. Well, I'm not there yet, but I've got a website, carnivalofgleecreations.com, and there's stuff on there, everything you can want, like the podcast Atari Bytes, featuring old games and original short stories that are pretty unrelated. And my other podcast, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, covering anything and everything in and around the iconic Peanuts comic strip. If the printed word is more your thing, there are books on there too, like the novel in the Saint Nick of Time and short story collections, Misery Banana, Hell Serial, and Second Duck on the Right. Want to know what else I'm up to? That's all there too. Carnivalofgleecreations.com. Everything you need. Glee not included. Here's the thing about Dark Chambers. I found it kind of boring. I was intrigued, to start with, because it looks very interesting. It does have some of the blocky problems, but I liked, I mentioned the, uh, basically the life cycle of the monsters, from flesh and bone to skeleton to ghost. I like that. There's a bit where the wraiths, I guess, kind of, you, you can only tell they're there because there's a, you know, you're up against a wall and there's a, a ripple in the darkness. That's kind of cool. You know, little stuff like that. Your character, your, your Conan O'Brien character, yeah, does look like a candle of feet, but it's bright colored, it's kind of interesting looking. I, I appreciate that, especially for a 2600 game. So I like little things like that, but the game itself, I found kind of boring. So, uh, but I may be totally wrong that it's not boring at all. It may be the finest human experience that a person can engage in. So, if I am wrong, or if I'm right, because I like to be told when I'm right, let me know. Contact me in one of the various ways that you can do that. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story comes to us from Bad Poetry Corner, and it's titled Heartbeat on Dark Chamber Doors. I hear the heart has four chambers, and cows have four chambered stomachs. Man's heart by stomach is flummoxed. So are men cows? Asses, for sure. Also pigs. World so much harsher. Pigification swamps us all, men and women. New depths of gall. Lucy told Linus, love drowns hate. What of third and fourth chambers, mate? Chambers so dark, too close to call. We share all, but what lies within? What spills forth from the chamber doors? Light smacks the dark, the truth horrors. Must keep those doors locked, 
changes sin. Twitter sucks, news poop masked with grins. Hope the other two heart chambers are both full of noisy neighbors. Some big-hearted souls bent on change, willing to knock, pound, stomp, and rage for the good which darkness abhors. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the End of the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Comptech.com for creative Tommen's use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, Pinball Spring, and Hidden Agenda. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Throw open Dark Chamber doors over at Apple Podcasts to leave a five-star review of this show. Do the same thing wherever that option is allowed. Rap, rap, rap at the windows, if you must, to allow your review voices to be heard, damn it. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, check us out on Instagram. I am also over on Hive and Mastodon and Tumblr and Spoutable and Post News as Carnival of Glee. Uh, I'm not Atari Bytes over at those places. I'm just Carnival of Glee. And you'll find posts about this show, about It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, about whatever else I feel like posting. All there in under one name. Simplicity, my friends, is the key to life. Speaking of simple, you can call call me too. You can call and leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 because while life is simple and you can leave messages, it's not simple enough that I want to talk to you. Um, it's nothing personal. I'm just not going to answer the phone. Check out the website, carnivalofgleecreations.com, where you're going to find all this information. Atari Byte stuff, it's a podcast Charlie Brown stuff, stuff about books that I've written that you can own for your very own self. And, you know, whatever else I got going on. You should also consider supporting this show. And how can you do that? Well, it's easy. Speaking of easy things, go over to the Atari Bytes page on Patreon.com, link in the show notes, and sign up at whatever level appeals to you. If you do that, you'll be joining uh, an exclusive club of fine folks who already support this show and have my eternal wraith-like gratitude. That makes no sense. Um, But... Thank you to Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jeremy L., Mark Super, Jer- uh, Jim Goble, Robert Ferguson, and David Cavallari. Wonderful folks, one and all. All right, we're about out of here. Uh, I have to uh, lock the door on the dark chamber here in a moment. But first, I have to tell you, next time on Atari Bytes, we're going to play Kickman for the 2600. This is the unreleased CBS Electronics port of the arcade game. I don't think I've ever played it before, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. And I hope you are as well, and we'll tune in for that. I will have another original short story by myself. Don't know what it'll be, but it'll be awesome. You know, no no promises, but I think it'll be awesome. Let's find out together next time on Atari Bytes. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.